Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. NFL Week 13 is here and we have a beauty on tap for you. One of my all-time favorite follows going back years and years and years on gambling Twitter is here to help us handicap the Week 13 card. On top of that, <laughs> it's uh, it's Andy is here with us as always uh, and uh, and with us as well to help help set the stage for what should be a phenomenal week of college football uh, and, uh, you know, at teams positioning themselves for the college football playoffs. None other than college football handicapping master Colin Wilson. Welcome to the deep dive, Colin. Uh, thanks a lot, Drew. Thanks for having me on, but I'm really here for Andy too. I'm here. Well, I'm, I'm here for Andy. So <laughs> it's all it's it. Everyone, it's it's the kind of the hidden secret of uh, of deep dive listeners. Uh, I just kind of spray and pray every week, and Andy picks his picks his spots, puts his card up Sunday morning, and goes three and one every week. It's really something. I, that, that's money. That's money. I'll take it. We, no, we, both, we both had a winning week this week. It was it was a good week. That's true. We are on we're on heater. Go ahead. I'm glad I'm glad we finally got the chance to do this because I've always been wrapped up with some other form of a podcast or uh, you know, either maybe flying around for the actual career. Uh, just the time just in the fall just gets eaten up so much. So I'm really glad we got the chance to do this. Okay. Well, welcome to Pirate Radio. I kind of feel uh, bad. You know, the, the season's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the <laughs> no, it's just starting. So like yeah, there so there there's really I mean, I, I've I've followed a little. There's not much to talk about this week. There's only a handful of games. <laughs> yeah, but if you've been following college football, it's been boring. It's a, football's been actually quite boring the last month. I mean, college football's really needed. Uh, we needed, there hasn't been any chaos in the, really in the top six, the top eight at all. And I'm so tired of seeing UCF crawl up the rankings. It makes me just want to throw <laughs> up in my mouth. Not a UCF fan, huh? Uh, Not a UCF fan. Don't disagree with you. Uh, and actually, I got a hot take for you later on Notre Dame too, because I think Notre Dame is kind of <laughs> is fouling. I've been waiting. I've year. been waiting for Notre Dame to do it, and they just didn't. They didn't do they it. Just didn't. They just didn't. Just didn't do it. Yeah. Um, so okay. Uh, for those of you who are just listening, uh, call, you can track Colin down at uh, at underscore Colin one. I think mm-hmm. is that right? At yep, underscore too. Colin one on Twitter. Uh, you go back to. You know, you are one of the first gambling Twitter accounts that I ever followed back in the day. Uh, I've learned a ton about how to prepare for, you know, a betting week, read markets and learned a ton of lessons from following you over the years. Um, and now look at you. You're you're a journal, you're officially a, a, a sports betting handicapping journalist. It's really quite awesome to see uh, how you moved up into the ranks. Uh, and, you know, where can people find your stuff? Yeah, it's quite amazing getting an engineering degree in, in, in college and uh, working as a as a software guy for almost 20 years now. And uh, somehow I've made my way into the journalism part of my life, which is, you know, I mean, it, it, it's fantastic. It's just a whole brand new world. Learn about Oxford commas, uh, about when to use they, when to use it, about how to do my sentences, because usually it's just always been equations and, and, and C++ code. So. <laughs> right on how do you rank uh writing articles compared to like uh, doing podcasts out of curiosity do you like uh, writing I, more is that like a passion i i do like writing i like telling a story i know that there's a lot of people on the twitter that get really mad when you try to build a narrative but i mean really are you reading like if you just want to read math and equations i mean you can go down and buy a calculus book but i mean i really like getting into the narrative of the story and i like uh anything that has to do with gambling especially 
when it involves people getting money down. I mean, that when I was in Vegas two weeks ago and I put that tweet out, I didn't think the tweet was going to do that well, uh, especially because I couldn't get a picture of the guy at the counter. But the story that I told on Twitter was this guy cut in line in front of me. Uh, I was at the Aria with uh, a friend of mine. Uh, who everybody knows a sports cheetah. And we were lining up to get some more money down on UCF. They were taking on Cincinnati. And this guy was just sweaty. I mean, sweaty. Uh, he had been, you could tell he was in a complete run through the Aria lobby, getting into the sports book, cut in front of us in line, got up to the <laughs> counter and said, I want UAB and I want UAB, Texas A&M. Give me the Blazers plus 10 first half for 60 grand. And he whips out his, <laughs> he whips out his bat. Now I'm standing there. Like, I mean, literally I'm standing there with my measly thousand dollars trying to get down on some more money down on UCF. Cause, cause uh, Preston, I saw it go down to six and a half. And I'm sitting there with my measly 10 $100 bills. And this guy is whipping out the bricks. He gets that, pulls out the manila envelope. He starts pulling out the bricks. And the ticket writer can't find the rotation number. She doesn't know. You know he doesn't know the rotation number. And the guy, the, the manager. Uh, that's the, the worst kind of person. Oh, yeah. He, the rotation he, number. He, he looks, he looks, he just looks, you know, he's purposely looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. The manager comes out and they said, sir, that game started, you know, eight minutes ago. Uh, you know, uh, UAB, uh, we can't give that to you. And he's like, okay, well then just put all, all this money here. Just put that on Texas. I was oh like, looking at like, Oh my God. So then Cheetah's like, uh, you know, Cheetah's like, yeah, this guy's a runner. This guy purposely cut in line, looks like a fool is being sloppy, tried to get a game. that's already started because he's running for somebody that's been oh, banned. Of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah, of so Shyamalan twist there, well. Right. Anytime you see red on anything in the story, it, it denotes uh, an interesting key point. So oh, of course. Okay. Well, um, I wasn't I wasn't kidding. I've learned a ton kind of watching uh how you've kind of you know f- how you shared your process in handicapping college football, applied a ton of that to NFL handicapping. It's made me a much, mm-hmm. much better player. So I thank you for that. And thank you for joining us. It's been a long time coming. So great to finally have you on. Um, got a couple, couple key questions for you. Cause it is kind of college football. We are in the heart of the playoff hunt. Um, and you know, one of the things obviously I've learned from you over the years is you have, you know, you, you stock a whole slew of futures tickets. So you aren't like scrambling Mm -hmm. at the last minute, trying to position yourself well for the best, most exciting games of the year. Are there any games that are particularly impactful for you coming up this weekend that you want to share about? Yeah. Bet online was dumb enough to put a Washington plus 200 out there for uh pack 12, uh, that I say dumb enough because I mean, Washington had to win that apple cup to get into the game. They've struggled a little bit. They're lucky to be in the game against Utah, but the rest of the market opened up the number at plus plus one ten. So when bet online put out plus 200, I thought this is, this is crazy because if Washington does make the pack 12 championship game, which they probably will, uh, their schedule set up nice, and they weren't supposed to lose as many games they did this year, but they still made it. They're not going to be so much of an underdog to somebody from a terrible South division that they would be a plus 200. I mean, I know it's kind of built into the line, but it still shouldn't have been plus 200. It should have been around plus 110. I think it finally closed like Washington minus 120, I think, for the conference. So we got that going <laughs> on, but I think what a lot of people would have been head up most about is the Conference USA Championship game where – uh, I laid uh, into UAB's line at uh, 20 to one at the Westgate, 25 to one offshore. Uh, and I laid into it pretty heavy. So there's um, a really big uh, middle Tennessee state. Nobody's going to watch but me. The middle Tennessee state UAB <laughs> game is monstrous for me. As I sit here and just stare at uh, Will Hill and stations and pinnacle, I'm just 
going to try to find the best money line I can to at least get my investment back. I'm going to put some down on the Blue Raiders this weekend. I don't okay. know if you want to go deep dive on that game, but uh, that, that was, that, actually, that is my biggest one of the weekend, money wise. Okay, so uh, that that is the perfect degenerate story. I absolutely Where are Stanford love. and Cal playing? Did I miss? I don't follow they the Pac twelve. Was close. They had the smoke. They had the burnout. Is, there, is there a third place game? Oh, the smoke game. You're right. You're right. Yeah, they got. I'm like, they is got there a third the, place match? Because those teams um, wouldn't be in it. Let's talk about the uh, college football playoff for a hot second. I know that yep. this is going to be, you know, it's it's hot off the presses. We see uh, the ranking committee put Oklahoma over Ohio State. Uh, is that uh, is that reasonable in your opinion? And is this going to be the second straight year we don't have uh, Big Ten champ Buckeyes in the uh, college football playoff? Yeah, absolutely. I think they it's the right call to have Oklahoma ahead. They have one loss. It comes to Texas, a three-point loss there. They had a bunch of turnovers in that game. Uh, say what you want about Oklahoma's defense. Uh, Ohio State has the same ability to just give up against, you know, against Purdue. Uh, they haven't looked good in some of their other games. Also, other teams have kept up with them. Uh, once I saw TCU specifically early on in the season, that when TCU could expose Ohio State with explosive plays, anybody like a Maryland, a TCU, a Purdue, somebody that's got the ability to have explosive Purdue. runs and explosive passing is going to give Ohio State problems. Uh, but that loss to Purdue looks really bad. I mean, the to me, it comes. The committee's going to come down and, and say who's got the worst loss, because last year they didn't take a, a two-loss Ohio State conference champ in lieu of a one-loss Alabama uh, who didn't win their conference. So I think it's going to come down to who has, uh, you know, the worst loss. And again, it's going to be Ohio State, just like last year when they lost to Iowa by uh, by fifty. Uh, they lost to Purdue in the same fashion this year, and that's what's going to keep them out. Okay. Okay. And it's winner. It's winner. Go home for Georgia, right? Georgia loses a close one. They're they're still going to get jumped by a, by a conference champ like Ohio State or Oklahoma. They lose by one point to Alabama. Unless they, will they both still... lose, I guess. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. it, it, if Georgia loses, what if, by what if one they lose point? a close one and and yeah, and Oklahoma and Ohio State get the shit kicked out of them, which that would be tough with Northwestern involved, I guess, but. Uh, it's all convoluted, I guess. And there's so many of these scenarios we've been running for months. And I guess I just feel like Oklahoma should get it done and they'll be in. Yeah. And they probably will. I mean, I've already, I I bet Texas this week. uh, I I put it, I I hit it on the open at uh, night. It was at 10 for a hot second. I tried to get it on bet online and they do that thing where they take your money, but then they move the line a half point. Uh, so at, at my, uh, and I get made fun of for the limits. So it was $550 limits. So sorry if that offends people, but you know, nickel limits is all that bet online will take from me. Uh, but no, I was able to get it in at nine and a half, not to say that I'm comfortable with Texas. And at the same time, I'm going to be looking to live bet OU, uh, at, at, at a straight pick. If Texas happens to get the lead, this is a big 12 game. Everybody gets a 21 point lead at some point in the game. And it's the best opportunity to play live bet on the other side. Right on. Right on. Andy, you got any uh, futures? you want any uh, help uh, shaping up uh, some strategy on, yeah, on that, some big... Yeah, that was my uh, question number three was Andy's question there, because I'm sitting there thinking about, <laughs> like, I've seen some of the look-aheads. I do have some money on uh, Notre Dame 25 to 1. Yep. Which, there's some people that have some monster Notre Dame tickets. Oh, that's why, that's why you were... Okay, <laughs> That now it makes sense why I was... Well, no, 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 no. I, and I do, like, I, no, no, do, uh, I do want to go the other direction. I do want to go the other direction. No, they're, they're, they're not good. <laughs> I mean, they're good enough to make it because they won all their games, but like when, when I play sad, it was the fact that I looked at their schedule and I couldn't find a game they'd be, I don't know, favored. What was, the, what was their least favored game? I guess Michigan, right? They were like minus one or minus two. 
that thing floated yeah, yeah, when I batted, like, eight everything point. was going to be a touchdown. Oh, that's right. That's right. It floated well, eight. It by, opened by the, point I, by the yeah. time I bet it, they, they weren't going to have a game where they were, you know, less than probably a touchdown, it seems like. And that's kind of come true. Obviously, they won out. But no, I'm, you know, on the other end of things, I am certainly can figure out what to do with my Notre Dame ticket. I'll, uh, I don't know if they'll win a game. Well, I actually have a, I actually have a 20 to one and a 28 to one myself, one off of bookmaker and one off of uh, Notre Dame right after the victory over Michigan. Uh, I knew that it was going to be a great spot. I knew the rest of the schedule for Notre Dame. I could already tell that Florida state was terrible. Uh, I didn't know that Virginia tech was terrible. Uh, you know, I just knew that the rest of the schedule was going to be, I, I knew USC from, from what I saw UNLV do to oh. USC in week one, I knew that the rest of Notre Dame schedule was not going to be tough whatsoever. So I'm in the same boat as you. I've got the same ticket. Yeah. I placed it before the Stanford game. And I also took Stanford in the points that day, tried to get both best of both worlds didn't quite work out. Yeah. But I think I'm wondering, you know, there's some people that these aren't going to be monster tickets, but if you have a, Bama and Clemson or Bama or Clemson preseason future. I mean, do you even bother hedging those in the semifinals? I I wouldn't. Is there, I wouldn't is there a world all, where I, I would I would take that to the final? Like those are those are great. You did good. It, you sat on them for for the year, and you should you should absolutely just watch both of those teams wreck their way to the final and then hedge accordingly. Yeah, but I would have never suggested for anybody to take an Alabama number because the number is just so outrageously <laughs> outpriced. I mean, yeah. who? Is, who is sitting around in May or June or July and looking at a minus 200 to win the national title and thinking, wow, I would really want to lock up like $2,000 to win a thousand seven months before the damn ticket cashes. I mean, I would have never. So the proper way to play Alabama and, you know, not to give pub out to five times or anything, but books that will allow you to have an open parlay card. You should be playing Alabama on the money line with two open spots. That's how you should be playing an Alabama future. I like that a lot. What, what what was the best number that you could have got on Bama preseason? Like, I uh, believe one fifty ish was the best I think I ever saw. Plus two, I think probably two to one. Two to one was probably the best anything anyone had yeah. out there. Yeah, Drew's just, right. Yeah, Wales right. So a one fifty ish was offered by the Westgate, and I know the person that walked in and whacked it for how much they, <laughs> for how much they would take, uh, and it was never one fifty again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, okay. I, I, you're right. Yeah, the, the strategy to play it was to throw them in an open and, uh, and put a mm-hmm. couple other winners in there. Uh, Djokovic to win the U S open and whatnot. Uh, that would have been fun. Um, let's see the, uh, the, um, I guess the question I was going to ask you is, you know, what do you make a, a, Cle- a Clemson Bama title game opening spread? Yeah, so um, good that I've got all these right here in front of me. I have them actually separated by five points right now on a neutral field. I know that uh, you know there's some other power ratings out there that uh, I, I don't understand. Bet online and some of these other, you know, Westgate and all these others that are giving Clemson, you know, eight plus points uh, against Alabama. The gap is not that large between these two teams. I mean, I'm not going to go deep dive into both sides of the ball, but this this the defensive line for Clemson it would absolutely destroy Alabama's offensive line and Tua would have a hell of a time against that. And uh, there's just not a big enough gap between Alabama and Clemson that people have made it out to be. So right now I've currently got it at five. Uh, It was lower. It was a four, but uh, Alabama had a pretty good showing against Auburn that ticked them up about a half point in the power ratings and Clemson did not cover against South Carolina. Uh, That ticked them down a half point in my power rating. So right now it's at five, but I expect the uh, you know I expect the Clemson line to uh, tip tick back up after they play Pitt. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, last question for you about college football. Uh, and then maybe there's a couple speed round questions for you that Andy will get to. Uh, okay, I, I added speed round. I'm getting a DM here. Yeah. If, uh, <laughs> yeah, there, every, a lot of our friends were super excited. We're talking to you by the way. Uh, and, and, uh, uh, but this is, uh, this is my, my last of the questions. Uh, if we put you in charge of the uh, rules and setup for the 2019 college football playoffs, what changes are you making to give the fans a more satisfying and entertaining product? Uh, I, okay. So the, there's a really good, I know the 18 playoff. I know a lot of people want the 18 playoff. And if it went that route, you'd have to do the power five, uh, conference champions, uh, two wild cards and a group of five. And I think that would pretty much satisfy everybody. But then again, I would wipe away the, the problem is, is these conference championship games. The fact that the Sun Belt is finally playing one or the fact that Notre Dame doesn't play one at all, the fact that some of these divisions are more loaded, like the Big Ten East versus the Big Ten West, uh, you know, and it switches with the SEC, although I think the East is finally getting stronger again. It used to be the West was was the stronghold there. I mean, I, you got to do away with these con- divisions, conference championship games. That all has to be reorganized, I think, if you go to an 18 playoff Um but, you know, if I was in charge of all of that, then I, I would definitely seek that avenue. The problem is, is everybody's got to get paid. Everybody's got to have their hand in the honeypot and everybody has to make <laughs> money. So that's that's what really, I think that's what's best for college football to go to the FCS model. I think that really would do it. But, you know, sites, I, I think the first round would have to be played at the four seeds uh, home sites. And then you oh, could go. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and you know, yeah. the, if that's you don't do that. You know, nobody's going to the RNL Carrier Bowl. No one's going no. to the Cure Bowl, and no one's taking their ass down to the Dollar General Bowl. Make those the sites. <laughs> Make those the sites for the quarter. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah I mean, everybody. You know, I've shit on the Big Twelve a lot, especially in years past, for just bottling. You know how they did things by not having their conference championship game. That hurt him. I mean, that yeah, hurt him a couple of times. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually, now, like, I've, I've flipped so hard. I love that it's not divisions. I love that. It's just the two best teams and that they all play each other. I kind of like that. I, I think you get, it's, it's a ringer, man. You can't have one of those. Oh, oh, you know, on this year, they, the team from the big 10 West doesn't have to play Michigan. They don't have to play Ohio state and they get Penn state at home. Like that just, right. that sets it up to have a bad team do well in the big 10 West and just, and then go down and just get murdered by like Ohio state who probably wasn't that good in the first. I mean, that shit happens every year. Do, it's happening this year. Love, yeah, no, it, yeah. it did happen. Yeah. But yeah I but, do like what the big ball has. You, you get, you get the two teams that made it through that grinder and play each other. Which yeah, it but does the problem hurt them is, for the playoff, but I love the pro- it. The problem with that is the big 12 is not 12. It's 10. That's why they're allowed to get through the entire schedule playing each other. That's good uh, you know, <laughs> and nobody else is, you know, I mean, the Sun Belt could potentially pull that off, but uh, you know, nobody's downsizing. Nobody's going back to a 10 team conference. It's going to, I th- I think it's, you know, everybody's going to get to a 14 team model. And uh, so that's why they're able to get away with that. But you know, I can't say anything. I'm an Arkansas grad, which means I'm an SEC homer. So we enjoy our FCS games against the Citadel, against, uh, you know, Delta. What is it? Mississippi Delta Devil Dog State, uh, whatever that one is down there. So we, we enjoy oh, yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. You've got a school Fair up. Enough. Fair enough. I like, uh, I like Andy, the, Andy, 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 you got to. I, like I like the thing. I like the group of five, but I think you should be excluded if you've, like, claimed a fake title in the last 10 years so <laughs> well now okay so yeah i think that's the like that should be ultimate automatically exclusion 
I think people get confused when I tweet that out. Like they, they don't understand that there's all these power rating systems out there in the world. And I guess, I guess really kind of, I have one, but uh, there's all these power rating systems out there that are verified and they crown their own national champion. And then there's this one called the Kali, the Kali matrix. Uh, and uh, they crowned uh, central Florida as their national champion last year. So sometimes you'll see a tweet every week or two for me, uh, you know, claiming, making fun of their uh, national title that was gifted to them by that power rating system. So bet you're right. Fake national titles out the door. Oh man. Oh boy. Out the door. Wow. You know, so, All right. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. And you got a couple of speed round questions and then we can oh, talk. Yeah. I mean, we've got, we've got a good buddy who caps tennis heavily and he loves college football. He follows you religiously and he was excited to hear you're on and he barraged me with a few questions here <laughs> He and then I told him pick your favorite out of those because I can't ask thirty questions. But he's curious. What do you think Bama opens at to win the title next year? Is it minus juice? Do you have to open it at like minus one twenty? Uh, let's let I mean let me go ahead and look at. I'm going to pull up their roster here as we're talking about this because I they're getting so much back, right? I mean Jalen Hurts obviously isn't going to be back, but Tua is a sophomore. Uh, you know Damian Harris graduates. But they gotta, and, uh, yeah, yeah, he's a sophomore, and, and I mean they. They've got so many running backs, a stable of running backs, you know, between uh, Josh Jacobs and Brian Robinson Jr. And, and you know, they've even got uh, this Jerome Ford kid that's he hasn't even got any playing time this year. Uh, you know, Jerry Judy's a sophomore. Henry Ruggs III is, is, is a sophomore. These are wide receivers. Uh, you know, the, the defense is I'm, I'm looking at this. Their senior tackler. Isaiah Bugs has 25 tackles on the year, and I think he's about 11th or 12th down on the list. That's how much wow. they have coming back. Uh, they don't have a senior anywhere in the top 10 uh, for tackles. They should do all. They should do okay in recruiting again. They, they end up. <laughs> well, they well. finished. They, they finished sixth this past year, and that really bugged Nick Saban. Yeah. Like he he finally fell off oh, a little bit. In Kirby and don't be don't 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 mistake Georgia for being Georgia. Okay, because that's Alabama 2.0. They may be wearing Georgia colors. They may be wearing Georgia uniforms, but that is Alabama 2.0, and that's the team that's going to dominate the SEC over the next 12 to 15 years with Kirby Smart. Ooh, interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, oh. all right, all right. That's a hot take. I like that. Uh, let's dive into the NFL card. I know you got hot. Yeah. You know, you're you're a hot commodity in the uh, sports betting information world, and I know you got other appointments to keep. So let's get right into it. Uh, and uh, we get a beauty. We get a beauty to talk about <laughs> as we dive into this NFL slate. Uh, the uh, the New Orleans Saints head to Dallas. Um, Saints, the white hot uh, hottest team in f- professional football. Uh, Drew Brees, the presumptive MVP. Tell that to the Texans. Uh, yeah, no, Saints are better. Saints are on. Uh, Saints, Saints. Oh yeah, they're better. No, no, no. They're they're on a longer winning streak, aren't they? And the Saints went. The Saints. The Saints have been streaking since week one. Uh, That's very true. Um, and uh, they head into Dallas after thumping their rival Falcons, uh, seven and a half point favorites on the road. Is this where we are, really? Uh, yeah. And not seeing a ton of support for Dallas. In fact, most of the money looks like it's coming into back New Orleans, yet they're resisting hanging a real uh, tasty uh, seven and a half. I would, I would, I would have been pretty happy to jump if you'd given me an even juice seven and a half on Dallas. I probably would have taken the bait. Um, We'll start with uh, Colin. Yeah, think, I had. Uh, to, is is there an angle here to back to us? Yeah, they, I mean they've won their last three. They've covered their last three. I mean this is that's weak, right? I mean New Orleans is ten to one. They're nine and two against the spread. 
Uh, if there's, I did play Dallas. I got him. I think at minus one eighteen, uh, I was able to get a shot in on him uh, when the line opened up because I had a feeling this thing was going to go down to seven. Which, staring at Vegas, you know, South Point's at seven, Cantor's at seven. Uh, South Point's actually laying a flat seven, so I, I the market may move that way. It looks like Pinnacle could drop it a little bit. Uh, so I was happy to get seven and a half, and it, it's really. There's just such an appetite for New Orleans right now, yet their adjusted net yards per play is just 0.3. I mean, it's not that it's not that much over even, and Dallas isn't really you know that far off of them. I think they're a negative 0.3. So uh, when you do that, I mean, the, the point spread looks legitimate. You know, legitimate when you look at their adjusted net yards per play. Uh, so, you know, I'm willing to fade the public on this one. It is a Thursday night home dog. Uh, you don't really have to twist my arm being the kind of contrarian NFL capper that I am to take an NFL home dog on a weeknight. So, uh, you know, it's not that big of a difference in adjusted net yard, uh, in adjusted net yards per play. So uh, that's what we're going to do. Okay. <laughs> I'm prepared okay. to lose the money though. Okay. Uh, Andy is uh, seven and seven, seven and a half. Sounds like a pretty interesting number for you. Uh, you got any angle on this? <laughs> yeah. And you know, I won't play my teasers early because I base everything I look at on teasers on closing lines. So it has to be late. I think you, if you, if you want the saints at a seven, you might see it here in the next day or so, but that public, that public money, you got to think there's going to be some new Orleans public money on Thursday, probably closes at seven and a half, eight after it bounces back down because yeah, penny is shading towards getting back to seven right now. But if it closes at seven and a half or eight, it's going to be an open teaser leg with something from the weekend. Like I like that. Just, I, I get Dallas. I, I don't think I can lay that many points with New Orleans on the road on a short week, but I still mm-hmm. think the saints get it done. It's a, I mean, just look at the last few weeks right now, like Cowboys, Falcons, Cowboys, Redskins. That doesn't scare me as much from a coaching matchup. I think, uh, this is a bit more of a coaching mismatch with uh, just Peyton's. Peyton's look good. Even that one weird game where he went for it on every single fourth down. Like he just, he seems to have a grasp of what team he has this year and they're just going to keep winning. Okay. Okay. Uh, Maybe not covering. I, yeah, I've I've lost a lot of money trying to find the right time to sell high on the Saints, uh, and because uh, they there there hasn't been a right time to sell on the Saints so far, uh, and uh, and so here we sit now, and I can't really talk myself into a side you know fading this team again and getting backed over by the Saints truck again uh, or run over by the Saints train at this point, I guess. Uh, but I do think there is an angle on the under in this game. Uh, I know this is you know. Thursday night football, you to traditionally consider, oh, it's a short week, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, these guys have had normal rest. Uh, you have um, a Cowboys team that I suspect is going to try to lean heavily on the rushing attack against the Saints defense that stops the rush relatively well. I think you're going to have, you know, some, some bogged down drives in the first half of this game. They're going to keep this thing well under the total that they're hanging right now of 52. Um, there could be some, you know, the, the, the scoring could tick up in the second half. I'm going to be prepared to kind of look for a live over in the middle in this one. But as, you know, sitting here on the open, not one of my more confident looks of the week, uh, 52 and a half or 52 even uh, with uh, what with, you stick up. I, I bet under 52 at plus 102 uh, to start out here. And, um, you know, I just, it, to me, this feels like the Dallas defense has a lot of parts and a lot of players that people don't really know because they aren't because they're young and they're talented 
I think you're going to get a step up performance from all those guys uh, trying to trying to send a message that the Dallas, you know, Dallas belongs in the conversation for playoff contenders here. Um, I don't think they get the win, but if you can disrupt Breeze just enough to uh, to keep this thing kind of a grind slow game, uh, 52 and a half is uh, is a nice look to be on the under. Uh, and with that, let's roll into Sunday. Uh, first, we're going to go right down the rotation here. Uh, first one up is Indianapolis at Jacksonville. Whew. The Jags waved the white flag <laughs> on 2018. Kessler revenge game. <laughs> yes. The Cody Kessler yeah, revenge market, game. Okay. Market money pouring in on India already, which I mean, gets duh. I mean, yeah, if you fire. Yes. You know, does, I like the Colts, but man, the, the uncertainty that scares me every week, this is this is probably that game, right? Different uh, OC, different quarterback, Indy on the road, Jacksonville. Jacksonville still has good defensive players. Like they just haven't put it together. I don't know, like if this is a game you should get involved in, unless it's indie team total overs. Yeah, that's a good look. There's a lot of uncertainty on the card this it week. It should be really. like 26. But you can give me 20, a good one. 26, 25 and a half. Indy scores that. Okay. Uh, I like the over angle in this one as well. Uh, Indianapolis absolutely is clicking. Uh, Indianapolis going to be without Leonard. Do we know that confirmed that uh, they're one? Their one effective defensive player uh, in Darius Leonard is going to be out. Probably he took a knee injury. I would expect them to rest him. Uh, yeah. But yeah, let's if we if in a, in, a, in a real quick recap, let's let's go over what happened in Jacksonville this week. They got beat by the Bills, and which was an embarrassment. Uh, they fired their offensive coordinator, which hand up. I thought Nathaniel Hackett had kind of figured something out with the way Blake Bortles played down the stretch last year and in the playoffs. Uh, but he is no longer employed by the staff, which means I was wrong. Um, and Blake Bortles no longer the quarterback for the team. He's been benched for Cody Kessler. That is a lot of turnover uh, to kind of you know reintroduce on a on a week against an opponent that you're very familiar with. Um, and I would expect the Jags maybe get a little bit of a motivational bump from that, or they flat out quit. It's tough to say. Uh, yeah. Do you have? Can you can you suss out a motivational angle for either team in this one, Colin? Generally, um, whenever a big injury happens or somebody goes missing, like you know Leonard Fournette being suspended, or maybe you know Bortles being benched, which I'm not really sure is a bad thing. Uh, generally the rest of the team kind of shows up the first game after something like that. It doesn't matter what sport it is. It happens in college basketball. It happens uh, in NBA. Uh, it happened in football too, where the team rallies just for one game because they've kind of got that emotional hedge going on here. So I am actually going to be playing Jacksonville this week. I'm just waiting to see if this number is going to turn up towards the six or if it's actually, you know, they're, they're out in the, out in the desert uh, South Point sitting at three and a half and they won't come off of it. So it's interesting for me to watch and see where we're going here. But I will say this, that, you know, the, the Jags have lost a whole bunch of games, you know, more than five games straight. Uh, and Indianapolis has won five straight. So it's a pretty short number. Um, and, uh, you know, the Colts have not covered this game in the last seven tries. Ooh, that's uh, so, a great point. I forgot that they didn't. They pushed. They pushed the last game, didn't they? Yeah, they Jets did. Came, Six zero and one. Roared back in the second half and got the push there. That's right. That's right. About so, that. so for me, it's going to be a Jags play, and and uh, you know, if I may be drinking heavily, uh, if if it doesn't if it doesn't work out, so no, but that no, that makes yeah, sense. I, I, I like I get, that angle I though. To that. See that I get Mullins that. common Nick. <laughs> you'll, yes, you'll have exactly. Like that. Yeah, the old, the old, exactly. Nick, yeah, the old Nick big Nick Nick too. Yeah, Cody Kessler's got a week to prepare for a team that he's seen. You know, he he's already prepared for this defense once as the backup for you know, and, and likely 
Uh, they got some packages, presumably. Who's the offensive coordinator? Isn't it the quarterback's coach? Guy he spends all day yes. with in the locker room. I, I can fully support <laughs> looking for a Jags cover here. Um, my look on this one's going to be the over. I think 47 and a half for a Colts game is laughable. Um, mm-hmm. And in particular, you know, with the likelihood that you see a revitalized Jags squad uh, go out there and chuck it around, you know, just the fact that Fournette's not in the game and that the quarterback's coach has taken over a play calling, I think you're going to see a more aggressive approach out of the, out of the Jaguars. They have some receiving weapons. Uh, Moncrief's not terrible. Uh, Coles is a decent target, um, and you can hurt. You yeah. can hurt the as Colts much as you want to pat the Colts on the back. The Colts defense yeah. is bad. It's bad. Period. Yeah, they're they're just a really they're a really tame version of the the Chiefs. Like they right. can go vertical on you hard, but you could score on them all day. Right. If we see if we see fewer than. I don't know. If we see fewer than seven touchdowns in this one, I'll be surprised. We can see six touchdowns and some field goals too, and that gets this thing over. So I, I'm I'm happy holding a 47 and a half ticket. And I do think that of the totals, I think this one has potential to get bet up uh, this week. So if you like the over with me, I would get on board now before it gets to 48, 48 and a half. Even we saw how much that mattered last week. Some of the steamy, some of the steam chasers on some of these overs got absolutely buried. Uh, by some bad breaks, uh, and so this is uh, this looks like a potential for one of those because this is going to tick up. I suspect. Let's talk about uh, the uh, Carolina Tampa Bay game. Another over for me on this one. Uh, I backed this one. We were talking about this on uh, Sunday, Andy. I took over fifty six. Uh, we've hit this yep. point. We've hit this point to the point of uh, you know we've belabored it. I guess uh, these NFC South matchups. There are certain rules you can apply when division divisional They're opponents what, face off. Points? They're averaging 70 points. And it's just out of this world that they keep hung, hanging these totals in the 50s. Uh, and, you know, Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston quietly playing for a contract and doing relatively well. Uh, Todd Munkin, who's calling the plays in Tampa Bay, I, I think a lot, I think highly of him. Uh, and I think Tampa Bay is probably a wily dog here. Carolina's in a little bit of a free ball after starting six and two. Daniel Hackett? Uh, probably <laughs> a guy that I praise who utterly, <laughs> I still going back to that. I still think Hackett's a good coordinator. Yeah, I still I think too. Hackett's a good coordinator. Too. He'll land somewhere and he'll be successful and you should be happy to have him on your team. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, all that said, uh, like we're talking Bay. about Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, Andy, can you make a case that they're a live dog here against Carolina Panthers? Oh yeah. Some of our sheriff Actually, friends are James- all about Tampa Bay. Jameis, Jameis, famous Jameis all of a sudden coming around a little with all the weirdness, you know, you just want to, you know, uh, fade Tampa all year. Cutter was supposed to be the first coach fired. They've gone back and forth quarterbacks, but go look at Jameis's efficiency numbers the last couple of times out. They they weren't bad. And it's not like, you know, I don't want to sing the praises of the 49ers defense, but he looked half decent. They're, they're the kind of team that can score, especially Carolina. Carolina has been sketchy, especially defensively. And um, I guess I'd love to look at like a table of their red zone efficiency throughout the season. <laughs> just like the last, and may, maybe, maybe we'll be dead wrong and that'll come back to the mean and Carolina will score a touchdown every time they get down there. But boy, if you had, <laughs> if you had that over and it cashed, that was, that was such a bad game. Especially, can you imagine having Carolina in that game? Carolina oh, probably no. should have won that game by like, 15, 18 points. Yes, they should have. 
Yeah, it was so, it was wild. I, I do I like your Seattle, over I just lucky. because I think Carolina will Carolina. If, if you're going to work on something in practice, if you're going to talk to the coaches, like, hey, let's get our red zone straight because we're getting down there. We're great between the twenties, and then it all goes to shit. They look like the Falcons at the beginning of the year, or like the the Browns of last year that would get down there and then take two sacks and miss a field goal from 49 yards. So yeah. that's what yeah. they need to work on. I love your overlook. I'm, I'm probably staying away from this one. I do lean on Tampa with the points. Cameron Brait, uh player props over against Carolina. Carolina just gives up. Oh, just they give up we? a touchdown week we in, shall. week out against the tight end. And Cameron Braid is probably going to be underpriced because nobody knows who the fuck he is. Uh, <laughs> let's uh uh, Colin, does Carolina get back on track this week, or no. is Tampa a lot of dug here? No, they're. I think Carolina's too emotional of a team, and led by their quarterback, their Ooh. coach. They, you know, once once they lose, I mean, it, it's it's apparent they've lost three straight. They haven't covered three straight. That's kind of a bold statement against uh, against Tampa. They own Tampa. I mean, they've won nine of the last eleven against Tampa. They, they covered every time they played Tampa the last <laughs> couple of years. Uh, at the same time, um, you know, if you look at it mathematically, the yards per play, uh, Tampa's a better team, uh, than Carolina. <laughs> so I'm not really trying to, I'm not really trying to get money down on Tampa, but at the same time, if this is going to sit at three and a half, this could be a teaser possibility with a home team getting it up to 10. I like that. Interesting. Interesting angle. Um, the, uh, I, I definitely, you know, there, there's a, there's a quiet injury that no one has talked about. Cause there's all, obviously this time of year, there's crazy injuries. Like there's really only one good cover guy in all of Carolina and his name is Dante Jackson. And he is questionable with the quad injury as well. I think he's likely out. I think, uh, I, I just see the passing offense for Tampa Bay just going bananas in this one. Uh, and I wouldn't stop you from backing the Bucks, but uh, just because Carolina is as desperate as they are to kind of right the ship, uh, I, um, I'm going to take the over instead of doubling down on Tampa and the over here. Uh, Colin, quick question for you. I don't know if you know this. It might be a I good have... live game. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah You'll be. be able to um, tell if Cam quit. You yeah. can tell Cam, quit Cam, as soon as he's on the field. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, real quick, uh, Colin, uh, Carolina is six and five. Um, without looking at their schedule, without doing the Bill Simmons, they got this. Are they good? Uh, <laughs> how, how many? How many wins do you think Carolina ends up with? Uh, so I can't go less than six, right? No, I can't I'm... go less than six. <laughs> <laughs> They're not giving any back. Although they should give that Giants win back. That sixty-two yard Graham Gano uh, game winner was absolutely that was so miraculous. And their seventeen point uh, comeback against the Eagles in the fourth quarter was miraculous too. Two of their wins are, are very suspect in my book. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with seven for the season. If they don't seven. win this one, I, I could I could see seven and nine. Uh, if they do win this one, uh, just knowing I. I it's like I said, I don't have high prospects for these guys. Um, so, you know, I, I don't expect them to win here either. Uh, but, you know, if they lose this game, I think seven is the best that they're going to do. If they win this game, then they're at seven. And uh, I don't know if they can get any steam to try to make the playoffs because uh, the NFC is just, man, it just seems like it's been everybody outside of the Saints. It seems like it's been impossible to figure out who's taught, who's not, who's trying, who's, who's, who's out. <laughs> uh, the NFC has just been wild this year. It has, it has, it is, it's, it, it, there's not much difference separating the, the third best team from the 10th best team, really. Um, the, the, the line is pretty thin. Um, okay. Well, good stuff. Let's move down to Baltimore, Atlanta, uh, Lamar Jackson going to get the start, Andy. Do we know? Yeah, they said it, it came out today. He started. It did. They, they confirmed Which, it's not undecided. Yeah. So 
It says undecided, but I mean, it, it's, I've seen reports that he's starting. That's the right move. We said this last week. Even if Flacco is back, why? Why would you go down that route? Especially if they opened it up a little more. The RPO looks good. This is going to be a fun game for Lamar Jackson lovers because even though it's on the road, you get him indoors. He's he's quick. I mean, it's going to be Michael Vick two point yeah. yeah. Do you, do you remember when he played in college? He was good. He was yes. very good. Yeah, he was. Well, not that to was such a fun year when he, his yeah. highest year was. Uh, and Atlanta's Atlanta sucks. defense is not great. Yeah, yeah Atlanta exactly. sucks. Yeah, exactly. right? Atlanta sucks. <laughs> We've given up on them. Colin, what do you make of the market movement here? You're a good. You you have a good nose for the market. They open uh, this thing at two and a half. Gets bet down to a pick. It's back up to a one. What the, what gives? Are, are there? I, my question is: Are there people that are shaping the number, or are, are there people out there that still actually believe Atlanta has a decent team? I mean, they're three and eight against the spread on the season. Uh, they are atrocious. They're negative in yards per play on the season. Um, they were dead to me a long time ago from a betting perspective. I'm not sure if there's people out there that are just playing on Baltimore being on the road and the quarterback situation. Uh, but I just can't imagine any real money pushing. Uh, you know, Atlanta. I, I can't see anybody ever coming in on Atlanta and I could definitely see the market backing Baltimore uh, and taking, you know, kind of zapping the number out, out of them. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, this will be a no play for me because I'm never, I'm not going to lay money on Atlanta for the rest of the year. It won't happen. And uh, I do like Baltimore, but it is a road game. Um, so it'll be a pass for me, but it's definitely a no play on Atlanta. Okay. Well, I like Baltimore as well. I, and I, I like, stand. yeah, I stand solidarity and with Colin on that. Not betting on Atlanta the rest of the year. Not betting on them either. <laughs> uh, and especially after I read Dan Quinn's quotes today. Dan Quinn plays in the oh, NFC God. South. He has obviously seen a lot of NFC South tape. And for some <laughs> unknown fucking reason, unless 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 he is literally playing a long game and is trying to finish four and twelve so they get a top five draft pick. Uh, he came out with the quotes say that they need to establish the running game more and that that's the reason that they're not playing better and that they, they their play action is not working because they're not running the ball well. And that's utterly ludicrous. There's no data set you can look at that can te- that can confirm any of those statements. It's he's literally talking out of his ass. And, you know, that the, if if they go out and try to do a run heavy approach against this Baltimore defense, then they are absolutely screwed. Um, I maybe, think the Baltimore. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe they should get a heavy running attack when they're up 28 to three. That would probably be a good idea. We need need trigger warnings when you say shit like that. (laughs) Yeah, tell me more, Dan Quinn, about this strategy. Yeah, where where do you come up with this, Dan? Um, Anyway, I'm probably going to get involved with Baltimore as well. I hope that was a market-shaping move, uh, as you pointed out, because looking at Atlanta's minus one now, what is going on here? Who is doing this? Give me plus money to bet. If Atlanta gets that out. If oh, Atlanta gets yeah, bet yeah. out to like plus two or minus two, I'm going to take the money line and I'm going to put uh, Baltimore in, in one of the teasers that ends up going this week. What kind of odds? Maybe ba- Baltimore get on, plus eight. Yeah. What kind of odds do you think I can get on Baltimore minus two and a half? Uh, that's going to be pretty juicy. Probably I mean, a pretty pretty nice, pretty nice little, uh, pretty nice little plus, uh, plus money. Plus, yeah, it could be pretty good. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we'll see how this continues to move. I'm almost certainly going to back Baltimore in some way, shape, or form, and Atlanta can go to hell. Um, let's talk about uh, maybe maybe this might be low key the most fun, most exciting game of the morning. Andy, you co-sign that? Cleveland at Houston. I, boy, if 
you told me that before the season started, I would have laughed, laughed in your face. I would have laughed right at your, right at your face, but yeah. no, this is good. Um, I'm not fully sold on Cleveland yet. They have a lot of warts, but they're kind of making it work, especially everybody's going to look good right now. If you play the Cincinnati defense, that helps. But uh, at the same time, Houston is not, you know, I joked, but they're not on the same level as some of the teams that have rattled off some nice, you know, some nice midseason stretches here. They've, they did get it done. And I did bet on them last night, but I don't think they're these, this world-beating team. I don't know about once we start getting up to these touchdown spreads. That's useful we'll, to know uh, that you feel that uh, way, especially because we'll you. Yeah. it's useful to know that you felt that way holding a Houston minus four ticket. I'm surprised. I know I, you... I, I I wanted I wanted I wanted to I wanted to get three and a half. I wanted four. I just I just hate Tennessee how they look right now. Like honestly, I I think. I think these lines should be flip-flopped. Like they should have been six and they were at one point, they should have been six last night and they should be like four or five right now. All right. Yeah. Like, I don't Cleveland's disagree. playing better than Tennessee. Aren't yeah, they? Houston's on a short the, week. Those Houston's lines are flip-flopped. Defense has problems. Yeah. I know. I agree. I agree. I, agree. I would be, I, think I would be, I would be more. And, and that is the other thing. Houston short week. That doesn't help me. Like, I don't see why the number's bigger. Like if anything else, the number between Tennessee and Cleveland should be the same. Houston, I did back them. I liked them. It was more of a Tennessee fade, and I have loved uh, the scheme. I, I tweeted that out too. Like they, they're not letting they're not letting Watson get hit as much, and it's yeah. not like they got better at that. They just they changed the scheme to not let him just get his shit rattled every play, and yes. that's working. So we were I guess screaming. Maybe Bill we, were screaming. Isn't, isn't we were screaming. We were screaming at person. Bill. You know. You know what it was? I think that. We, Bill O'Brien must have listened to our week four pod because we were absolutely screaming about that. And they, they thank God made those adjustments because it, you have got what's, to keep, what's, what's keep the older Deshaun car Watson brother? healthy. Please. David Carr. He was yeah. getting David card. He was yeah. getting just shit canned on every drive. And that's never going to work because he's your best player. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm probably staying away from this one. Ugly okay. game. Well, uh, Colin, you think any any opportunity? Because I kind of like what Andy was going with there, which is there's probably value on Cleveland here, and this is probably a competitive game. I know Houston's white hot, but like any chance that that uh, Cleveland goes into a little bit of a dip, coming off of snapping their uh, their road losing streak last week at the hands of their ex coach. Yeah, that was amazing because they're what one they won one game and uh, on the road in the last twenty five attempts. I know, I know. All, all I could do, all I could do, is try to make handing handing the ball to Hugh on the oh road. My God. <laughs> they so win this, one yeah, road game, and all I, I could almost, do is make a case. Uh, this this Cleveland team. There, there's both. There's two things that I I don't like either of these teams, and so usually it's a no play for me. I don't like the fact that Houston is off of uh, a, a a win where they you know I mean they did only they did have an extra turnover, but still it doesn't matter. They covered the spread easily. They won in a primetime game. Usually it's a team that I look to fade when they're playing on the early kick uh, on the following week. Then again, Cleveland on the other hand, uh, you know they have a, a huge emotional win against their ex coach. Uh, you know, they were, they, they enjoyed that win a lot uh, with Hugh on the other sideline. They were pissed about that. And then for them to come into Houston, I'm not really sure it's going to be the same fire. Um, you know, at the same time, I would love to see Cleveland get another win here because the win total on the season, uh, 
got steamed all the way up to five and a half or at four wins for Cleveland. I, I just really think that needs to be the, the narrative. Like can Cleveland actually get over the five and a half win total? That's what I'm more interested in. As far as the capping angle here, I don't, I don't have anything because I don't like either team situation. I don't like teams that went off prime time. Uh, I don't like uh, Cleveland off what is perceived to be an NFL emotional win uh, now going on the road. Uh, so it's a no play for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those are good points. And those, first those, half those, under? Those, yeah. Oh, first half okay. under. Okay. Yeah. Right. I, would, so, I would do that. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to go the opposite direction, which is a full game over. Uh, and the reason, and I'm kind but, but I kind of, how many overs is that now? This is my <laughs> third over. This is my third over. Or and it's my last. Okay. Uh, this is oh. my third. Uh, one, two, this is my third over. I'm over on Indy. I'm over on, uh, Tampa and I'm over here. I have a fourth over coming up on Monday <laughs> and I have, uh, I have one yeah, under it's an over week for me. That's not good in December. I don't like that. Um, but yeah, I'm on over 48 here, uh, looking for, uh, you know, just kind of a loose, you know, relatively, uh, relatively freely played game. I think Cleveland's defense is bad. Um, even as emotional as that win was last week. And I know, yeah, granted they were playing some pre, uh, they were playing some, um, uh, they were playing some prevent defense and they let, you know, Cincinnati score a whole, you know, boatload of points when the game was out of reach. Uh, they still are not a very good defense. Uh, and I think Houston, uh, can be attacked. Uh, and I think that you are finding a little bit of, uh, uh, magic with, uh, you know, with what Baker Mayfield and, you know, What's it? I can't remember the name of the uh, offensive coordinator who took over there. He's got a funny name, but they they are finding a little bit of chemistry, a little bit of magic, and um, calling a good game. And I think Baker Mayfield can put twenty one ish points on the board. I think Houston can put twenty eight ish points on the board. So forty eight uh, to me is a bettable number. Um, and I could see this kind of getting out of hand either way if either team gets a pretty healthy Houston lead. Could just see score, score, scores. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Houston's yeah, past Tennessee defense was like, successful. Cleveland's past yeah, defense was successful. I saw that. You saw that, but uh, the Titans didn't seem to understand. <laughs> they just not get it. Run into loaded boxes. Yeah, they just couldn't. They just couldn't help the themselves. Touchdowns. They had to establish the run so that they could get their play action working. That was that was embarrassing. No. Um, and uh, oh, speaking of embarrassing, the Pistons are just going to blow this cover for no fucking reason. They were just up 16 points, and now it's eight. Those assholes. Um, let's talk about uh, – let's move down the card uh, to talk about Buffalo and Miami, I guess. Yes. Probably should skip this one. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I couldn't – Can this be uh, one of those one-sentence games? Yeah. This, so I played, I played the Finns minus five and a half at minus 104. Uh, I don't believe Josh Allen can win back-to-back road games. Uh, or I don't think he could be, be, I don't think he could win back to back games. Period. I don't think he can win on the road uh, against a Miami team that has a relatively frisky offense with uh, Tannehill in instead of Osweiler. Um, I think you're going to see uh, Miami kind of. This is you know they they probably are still looking ahead to kind of give New England their Super Bowl level effort when they play them in Miami in a couple weeks. But uh, but this feels like a game where Miami kind of. Um, you know, last last ditch effort to kind of position themselves for a wild card potentially in a weak AFC. Yeah, they're not uh, they're not dead. They're not dead. As far as and they're playoffs. not bad. But they have yeah, they to have, have this one. Yeah. They have to have this one. Five and a half. You know, it, it, if you're going to put a line over four and under six against Josh Allen, who I think is going to turn over the ball, uh, I'll take that 
and uh, be happy with that. So it's not a not a very mm-hmm. solid play for me, but uh, I just couldn't pass up the opportunity to fade Josh Allen on the road after a win. Um, so, Andy, am I nuts for betting this one? Yeah, I'm not getting near this. This is a gross game sh- should skip. I'm reading in my notes here, which actually those road notes are written by you. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Uh, I, I would lean Miami. I don't know if I love laying points. Even at, I guess it is at home. You have some of that home field advantage dissipating when it's not you know 90 degrees and humid. Teams having to go down and play in that shit now that we're later in the year. But yeah, I'm I'm with you on there. Josh Allen on the road that can be a little sketchy. You can probably count on if Miami can win the turnover battle, they'll probably cover this game, even if it's one nothing. That was cover those were exactly battle. exactly my thoughts. Uh, is this uh, is this a good angle, Colin, or should we be skipping this one? Uh, this I thought this was going to be a one sentence handicap, so I'm going <laughs> to go with I'm going to go with it's going to be 85 degrees, so I will not be betting on Buffalo. There we go. I love that. I love it. Okay, is it um, still that warm down there? Oh Jeez. yeah, it's, it's hot. Go down there it's next hot. Month. Choking. Yeah, it's hot. It's hot. It's nasty. There's humidity too. Um, it's not a dry heat. It's a wet heat. Um, we don't have lines. No, it's not California. Uh, we don't have lines yet for Chicago at the giants. Um, but I'm kind of lining up an underplay here. Um, it's not going to change based on the quarterback. Is it? Those lines are set on the defense. Did you see, did you see a total? Yeah. I'm still looking. I haven't. I haven't seen a total pop anywhere. And actually, even I see a forty four and a half at sportsbook. Should be forty five. Forty four and a half at sportsbook. Forty five. Yeah. Okay. Anything in the forty four and a half is fine. If it gets down to forty four, I'm going to do some hard thinking. But I think I still am on the under forty four. I don't love. You know, and really the the key for me in this one is the Giants quotes, in particular Odell Beckham Jr.'s quotes after that game against Philly, where they should have absolutely oh, torched that. that. Uh, and he was basically like, "I guess it wasn't just wasn't part of the plan." Uh, I think you're at, you have like a little bit of a a mini kind of uh, temper tantrum mutiny going on in this game, where the Giants' offense is a little little out of sync, a little out of sorts, a little you know, a little we're going to take the week off. Uh, because you know we're pissed at the at management type of uh, type of effort out of the Giants, and uh, you combine that with a good Chicago defense, I think you see a pretty slow, pretty sloppy game. Um, you know, it doesn't matter which quarterback you have; you're on the road in the Meadowlands in December. There's going to be wind that's going to affect uh, how passes are you know traveling down the field. Um, right now, we're looking at probably 10, 15 mile an hour windsies, you know, 10, 10 mile an hour sustained winds, maybe some 50 mile an hour gusts. Did you say windsies? Uh, mm-hmm. Winds, <laughs> windsies, uh, maybe <laughs> some light rain. It'll be an interesting, uh, interesting weather conditions, which I think will help keep this game under total. Uh, I guess, uh, I'll flip it to Colin first. Uh, what are your, what are your, just your overall thoughts on Chicago? Are they, are they, for real, do they need to be considered in in kind of the playoff landscape of the NFC, or is this like a a classic uh, year too early fade them round one of the playoffs? Yeah, I'm gonna sound oxymoron here. Uh, they suck, but they've won five in a row and they've covered five straight. So I <laughs> I, I can't sit here and, and and degrade them because everybody knows that their offense is being held back by Trubisky. Uh, everybody knows that, uh, you know, they, they are supported by an extremely good defense, uh, a couple of skilled players and other positions. And Trubisky is the one that's holding them back. And I think Nagy has an entire playbook that he's not using. I think he's only using 25% of what he's got on his sheet over there because of the limitations of his quarterback. 
Um, so I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be fading the bears anytime soon, especially when, uh, you know, the, this kind of defense is taken on the giants, because I think Khalil Mack could just stare at Eli and he'll just fall down from under center because he seems to like to fall down when anybody gets within 10 feet of him. Uh, <laughs> so I, I do like the underplay on this, uh, the weather plays into that. Uh, and I, I think Chicago's defense is, is the story of this game. I like that. That is, that is, uh, is right. Right in in my uh, train of thinking on this, uh, Andy, are you going to skip this one? It's given the uncertainty, or do you think there's a an angle yeah, on the side of total? It is, and it is up in sportsbook. And essentially, I'm on Bears money line every week for the rest of uh, here out. I want them to win eleven games would be really sweet because that would make the uh, that would make the NFC bet cash out nicely and a home game. Boy, if they go home game in the playoffs, we're riding them that week. At least as far as the future goes. So no play. Um, I wish the total would tick up because what are we looking at? If you're looking at 45 and uh, what is it? Four and a half. So Giants team total under 20. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Under 21 would be a whole lot nicer number than 20. That's for sure. If it if it lands on forty five and four and a half, like it'll probably be twenty twenty and a half. But wait, if if the Giants team total sits at twenty one, that might be an underplay for me. Right on, right on. Okay, uh, let's uh, cruise past this next one, unless somebody's got a strong angle. Uh, one sentence handicap for uh, Denver uh, at Cincinnati, Andy. Yep. <sighs> No, this. no, no play there. I don't know. Yeah, those, who's the better quarterback, Driscoll or Keenum? The I guess world Keenum. will find out. The world will find out. The world will find out. Uh, looking at uh, Denver laying four and a half on the road is laughable. Uh, looking at a total of 42 and a half and trying to convince myself to bet it over and under is laughable. Uh, I really just don't know what to expect from this quarterback for Cincinnati. So this was an easy stay away. Uh, do you have uh, anything that, that pops for you? Uh, Colin? Uh, Jeff Driscoll lost me money when he played in college. Uh, uh, so uh, I, I have a, a severe hate for him at the same time. Uh, you know, at the same time, I don't really have any love for Denver when they're playing on the road, especially when they have an underdog victory uh, like they did uh, last week. So, uh, you know, Driscoll, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even want to see his face. When he was at La Tech, he cost me a lot of money. So pass it on this one. Okay, uh, let's do a uh, same sort of story here for the Rams at Detroit. Um, boy, Detroit's season is lost. Patricia doesn't look like he has any grasp on how to be a head coach in the NFL. I wish I had thought. I wish I had known how little value defense had heading into the season. I almost certainly would have had a Detroit win, regular season wins under in my pocket. I do not, um, but I feel like the Rams coming off a of bye here kind of dictate this game, get whatever they want. I wouldn't be surprised to see this go under 54 and a half because what do the Rams really need to show at this point? They should probably start kind of trying things out, being experimental and keeping some of their best plays in their pocket for the, uh, for the playoffs. So I, you know, maybe if, if I had to put a play on this game, I'd look for under 54 and a half. Um, but uh, this to me seems like uh, one of the ones where we're like at the end of the season, we're like, Oh yeah, the Rams did play in Detroit in week 13. I forgot about that. Uh, Andy, you got a one second handicap for me. Yep, this is another ugly. There's some monster spreads. I guess if you're the kind of person who wants to uh, put together a big money line parlay, you just go Rams, Packers, Seattle, Chiefs, and hope hope that gets somewhere. That won't get you even money. I bet even with those four. 
That's uh, that's about uh, anything I'm going to look at here. Detroit's been kind of an enigma, but obviously they're super overmatched. I'm not uh, I'm not looking to lay any sort of points, mm. especially with like what you said. This, this this is a game that they're just you just want to get through this game and get on to next week and position yourself for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Any of what we're saying, Colin, sound like we should be considering more seriously a double digit dog at home. I don't trust the Rams. I mean, beat Green Bay by two. Uh, I guess it should have been nine. That's a whole other podcast, a whole other story. Uh, you know, beat, beat Seattle by five, beat Kansas City by three. Uh, I mean, they're playing some really close games. I'm not, I, as a matter of fact, I'm looking at it now. They've covered one one game in their last eight. They're one, five, and two against the spread. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, like a money line parlay, sure. I try to avoid, uh, you know, teams that they got this much juice on them. Um, you know, you guys are right about the lions though. I, 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 this is just, it's going South. It's going South fast. Um, but at the same time, I think 10 might be a little bit too high for this Rams team until they start getting more efficient on defense. Uh, and they start getting more punts out of their opponent. Uh, they're just going to be at least from a spread perspective, their team, I'm not going to be looking to play on for a while. Sounds about right. Um, let's talk about, uh, Arizona at green Bay, another, uh, double digit Another double digit dog here where at first glance and using kind of old school methodology, you'd probably be like, uh, you know, I'm not sure why Green Bay's laying double digits to anyone right now in the current form of this team, let alone, you know, a team that's trying to, you know, that's trying hard. Uh, Arizona obviously just got blanked last week by the Chargers, but you think they have a bounce back performance in them this week, Andy? Hey, boy, we are we are just rolling through ugly games here. No, there's a no, shitload I mean, of ugly games this week. <laughs> yeah, this. I'm seriously considering laying 15 points here. Oh like, wow, Oakland, Kansas City might just like. Oh, you skipped uh, Arizona you can go Green back. Bay. You skipped over. Oh, uh, skipped I, I'm looking. Yeah, I was. That's how close I was listening to what you just said because okay. this stretch of games is so disgusting. No, it's so that, bad. Yeah, it's uh, so Green, bad. Green, yeah, Green Bay. The, they're having problems. They should fire McCarthy. Rogers looks frustrated all the time. He's made bad receivers look good, but man, they have some just practice squad guys out there right now. It's a problem. The defense is ishy. You can, I, I was screaming at the television slash laptop. You should just throw the ball every single down. There's no reason to run the ball against Green Bay. Their secondary is just a tit hair above the Eagles right now. It's terrible. Like Josh Rosen, I might bet some Josh Rosen props just because if they get it in their head to throw the ball, like he, he's going to have a decent day, even on the road. I don't care if it's, you know, where it is. Like uh, uh, I am, tem- I'm tempted to lay the points here. I don't love these big ones, but yeah, if you give me, if you give me 14 right now at a decent number, I might take that okay. Arizona. Arizona played very poorly, but it was the Chargers. The Chargers have an offense, and interesting, and the defense is coming around. Okay, uh, yeah. Colin, you you have your finger on the pulse of the uh, of the Packers. Yep is there is there a pulse? Yeah, uh, I think there's only one person that has a pulse, and uh, everybody else is in fear of him quitting on the season or getting hurt or something like that. So. Uh, you know, I, I the, the game's going to be 36 degrees. I've been up there before when it's been 36 degrees and it's just been, uh, you know, the wind whipping around. And and if I remember right, I don't think Josh Rosen has ever played. Maybe he had a game at Colorado in college. Uh, maybe he had a game at Stanford where it was kind of a chilly 45. 
but I don't remember Josh Rosen ever playing in 36 degree weather whatsoever. Uh, so I really like the Packers in this. I mean, these next two weeks are bird teams that suck as in the Cardinals and the Falcons. Uh, I think it's kind of uh, the the medicine at the right time to get the Packers healthy. I wouldn't be surprised to see them cover the 14 whatsoever, a 13 and a half. And I'm going to play the game. If you look at yards per play, uh, you know, Green Bay's, I mean, they've had a really, really tough schedule. I mean, they've had the toughest schedule in the NFL, and they're positive 0.4 uh, adjusted net yards per play, as where Arizona's like second to last at minus 0.1. So the, the point spread is is justified in being this high. Uh, if a 13.5 pops, uh, which it looks like Pinnacle may drop it there uh, by the time game comes, I'm, I'm actually going to play the Packers because I think that they need to get right. I think everybody needs a nice, healthy ass whooping uh, two weeks in a row before they get into the Bears. Uh, and the Lions and to end this season out. So this feels like two years ago. It feels exactly like two years ago. Green Bay had to win, I think, five games in a row to end the season just to make the playoffs. They had a really good team. They had a really talented team. They just tripped up on their schedule. And then they went on this massive five-game run, which put them uh, in the wild card immediately against the Giants, in case anybody doesn't remember that. I remember the point spread being a pick, having plenty of money on Green Bay. The temperature was one degree. Uh, they beat the Giants, and they moved on to play the Cowboys in what was possibly one of the greatest football games I've ever seen live, where they you know, had the whole uh, Jared Cook catch, uh, beat him down in Cowboys Stadium. The problem was at the end of that divisional oh, that was good. Yeah, the end of that divisional playoff game, Green Bay had won seven games in a row. They had played in cold weather. They had an emotional game. Aaron Rodgers got the flu. The team was worn out. The team was completely beat up, completely worn out. Seven wins in a row. They rolled into Atlanta in the NFC Championship game and got absolutely steamrolled. I feel like we're about to hit that same narrative. We're about to beat up. We're about to beat up on the Falcons. We're about to beat up on the Cardinals. We're going to go down to the Bears where, yes, they absolutely can win. We just talked about how the Bears aren't actually good. Uh, Trubisky might be playing, uh, you know, in that game. Uh, The Packers can win that game. They go to the Jets. I've got no reason why they can't beat the Jets. They're going to end the season with Matt Patricia coming to Green Bay. They can absolutely win. They can run the slate, get into the playoffs. Now, don't ask me who's winning the NFC. It's going to be, I I think, the Saints. Uh, But, uh, you know, it, it. they're going to get into the playoffs and then they're going to get steamrolled by somebody because they've been on this huge winning streak and they're going to have a letdown at some point. That's how I, th- I think the season's going to replicate what happened two years ago. Yeah. Okay. Whew. Wow. Okay. I'll prepare myself. Accordingly. Oh, they, they can uh, run the table though. He's right. I yeah. Mean, they, just, can. they need help. They, they it'll need be, help. I think yeah. my dream scenario is someone who hates Rogers. My dream scenario is they absolutely run the table. And finished in the seventh spot anyway. And Aaron Rodgers just quits football because he's so disgusted by the team. Because yeah, but they can win, they can run the table and not make the and not make the playoffs. There's their nine wins might not end up in. For a money perspective, though, like I mean, just you know, full transparency. Like my dad is from Wisconsin. He's the one that's the Green Bay fanatic. So I take the old man up there to a game every year. You know, I grew up in the South. I was the first kid in, in my family that was born in the South and raised in the South. So it's really something for the old man. But to me, I want Green Bay in the playoffs because it generates more eyeballs. It generates more square money. It generates a bigger market. It generates a better chance at me getting a great number. Uh, so I, I kind of prefer having the Packers in the playoffs. Right on. Okay. Let's talk about, uh, let's, I, I, I see what you're saying, but, uh, if you're, 
I guess long-term Packers real, real quick. And then let's keep, keep cranking. Cause we are on a roll here. Um, Packers make the playoffs. Or keep come cranking close. Away. Does that save Mike McCarthy's job? And nope. is that a bad thing? No, he's, he's, it, he's gone. Okay. It doesn't save his job. And that's, that's, then that's fine. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, we're all we're all we're all hoping for at least we're all of us except for Andy who's hoping Aaron Rodgers retires would like to see Aaron Rodgers prime years with a uh, with a true uh, offensive mastermind. Um, I think those are past that's it. what I would like to see. Still good, but his prime's back there. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Let's talk about Andy Reid coming off a of bye. Uh, is that is he usually good against the spread off a of bye? I forget. Oh my god, it's an auto bet. <laughs> it's an auto bet. Uh, how about laying fifteen? What's, and the, what's the team total? What's the team total? Get- to be here half of 56 you're looking at 28 plus seven give me give me over 35 team total they'll score on every drive i like that i like that um the kansas city chiefs uh for those of you who are not paying attention at home uh are particularly good coming off of by under andy reed uh they the look ahead i don't know if, colin you're you're a guy that really gets into the uh the game of the years right and, right. and kind of the the look ahead lines preseason you're thinking about games 13 weeks before they happen uh would it surprise you to know that the look ahead for this was kansas city uh plus two and a half <laughs> and it opens <laughs> kansas city minus 15 and a half uh, a whopping 18 point swing from where we expect it to be uh it- Way back in August, uh, I was just tweeting last. I was tweeting last week that the Ohio State Michigan line has swung fourteen points in a span of seven weeks. This is even worse. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I can't believe it. Was, can't believe weren't, it. Uh, wasn't Oakland going to be a short favorite? They were going to be two and a half point favorite in this one. Yeah, Oakland was going to be two and a half point shock. And I remember talking to you about it on one of the preseason pods we did. And it was like, should I, I bet this it. now? Or like, I mean, I don't like love betting plus two and a half. Can plus two and a half is a sucker having, number. Can you imagine <laughs> having that number right now? Eighteen point middle available for you. It's uh, hilarious to have. Andy, I'm so taking Andy, case for, for the dog this week. So for real though, you're looking. This one is KC team total over. You're not laying fifteen and a half. We'll see what it pops. If I get a 34 and a half, maybe. We'll okay, because that, because uh, like 15, like, like I'm trying to think of what the downside of, of laying 15. I think we're going to see some under steam. I think we'll see some under steam and it might bring it down. But yeah, minus it one, one way or the other. I'm probably just going to bet Kansas City off the buy until it fools me. Just <laughs> auto bet, hell with it. Okay. We're at that All right, point cool, cool. Season. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, more, more generally uh, toward Colin, uh, Rams and Chiefs. Uh, you probably were with the rest of the betting world were on the edge of your seat during that Monday night football game. Uh, and you know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard the cliche defense wins championships. Uh, and obviously neither of these teams is trotting out a world beating defense. Uh, what do you make of kind of the state of the NFL right now and how these, these teams, you know, match up and, and how they, how they fit into the picture? Cause you know, are, are they contenders? So, just a short four years ago, a key number on a total was between 44 and 48. That's gone. Uh, we have turned into college football. It seems like it's trending towards college football. Uh, Lamar Jackson's playing quarterback. Uh, you know, I mean, it just seems yeah, like with yeah. the with the high scoring games and the schemes and the you know RPOs. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm seeing play calls that are replicating college football. Not to mention Cliff Kingsbury at any moment is going to be on the offensive staff of some NFL team here real soon. And I don't know who it's going to be, but they're going to get a winner and they're going to get some plays that are going to shake some things up in the NFL. I think the NFL is is moving towards more like what college looks like. And um, 
it, you know, if that happens, if college becomes so top heavy, and I've complained about this on all my podcasts all year, that you know, college is becoming so top heavy with these big power blue blood teams getting all the recruits. They're always in the playoff and the four years in the existence of the playoff, only nine programs have made the college football playoff. That's atrocious. That's bullshit. That's, that's bad for business. And uh, you know, people complain about uh, the NFL and, and how they're losing viewership. But I would argue that the more scoring that you have, you're replicating a college model and you're going to get more attention from people that love college football. So that's what it feels like. It's going. I like that. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, That's something I mean, we've, Andy, yeah, we've Andy, touched you've been, on that Andy, year. You, <laughs> yeah, you've been maligning the Big 12 your entire uh, podcasting career, and yet here we are doing a podcast about the Big 12 that is yes. now the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I said, yeah, no, I said, I said Big 12 quarterbacks, the most successful Big 12 quarterback ever in the NFL previous to this year was Sam Bradford. That's and that's pathetic. You know, that that's not good, but like, it's because people weren't using them right. Yeah. There wasn't a way to make that transition. You can't go. You can't go from Baylor to you know a traditional old NFL offense and just stand in the pocket. It's it's got to be what Andy Reid did. It. Uh-huh. I mean, he's he's turned it into a Big Twelve team. Shit, that works. Like if if that's what's going to work, those are the guys you need to draft and you need to copy that because you're going to fall behind if you don't. You're going to end up being you know a has been team that's drafting top ten every year. So yeah, it's it it is exciting. It's still fun to see. I don't want every game to turn into you know Baylor Texas Tech, but those games certainly are fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And okay. I think you're going to see that this week. With one of these teams, Oakland, Oakland against that defense might get some points, but ugh, Oakland's so yeah. gross right now. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the classic uh, Oklahoma versus Kansas matchup. <laughs> kid, kid, fifty six yeah. nothing. Yeah, that's, that's that's a great, great, yeah, great Big Ten uh, or Big Twelve comparison there. That's okay. that's what we're looking at. Well, let's move from that to uh, to uh, I'm trying to think of a terrible. Uh, Low, lowest total? Lowest, 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 yeah, it's, uh, is, let's, yeah, let's move from that to, uh, um, you know, uh, Iowa, Wisconsin. Iowa, Wisconsin, or yeah, Northwestern Rutgers. Uh, the Jets take on the Tennessee Titans, minus four, seven and a half uh, for Tennessee here on total is 40 and a half. I'm skipping this one. We don't know who the Jets quarterback is going to be yet. It's probably going to be, um, it's probably going to be the old guy, uh, whoever that guy is. Uh, Jets couldn't cover uh, against the just can cover at home against the Patriots. I don't know how they're covering seven and a half on the road. This team looks, you know, ready to call it, and uh, they are not playing for. Um, they're certainly not playing for Todd Bowles to keep his job, uh, which is not a good sign. No, and I wouldn't, I, you know. And and all that said, can you can you possibly trust playing seven and a half points with this Tennessee offense? This was an easy stay away. Uh, Colin, you have a, a, a snippet handicap for us on this? Uh, a, te- a teaser money line piece on the Titans here. And uh, I would hey, have gone with go. a four. Yeah, yeah, get that down to one, uh, possibly, <laughs> if you can. Uh, 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 yeah, but, uh, you know, I honestly, I would have gone with Wyoming, New Mexico State as, as, as a, a total <laughs> as <a> comparison. Okay. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Cause I don't know what those schools are. Um, <laughs> I think they, they had a game. They had a game and I think it closed 33 and a half. I'm, I'm not kidding. I have to look it up. So. I love it. Let's spend a little bit more time on this one. That is, uh, a, that is a good teaser leg though, man. If you got, I almost said Cade McCown. It's Josh McCown. <laughs> Josh McCown. Those are yeah. the same person to me. I guess. Yeah. No, it, it might be a teaser leg if it closes in there. Tennessee is bad, but the jets are worse. 
Yeah. Okay. Andy, uh, this is the deep dive classic Minnesota at new England. Uh, you're, you're cool on Minnesota. You have really, you have really kept an arm's length away from your Minnesota Vikings here. Your fandom is not showing. I'm guessing that they did something to you when you went and saw them live. I can't figure out exactly what it was, but (laughs) they hurt um, hurt me. (laughs) They hurt you. They hurt you. Uh, it was, and for those listening who don't know, Andy was at the Buffalo Minnesota game where Minnesota was what? 16 and a half point favorites in lost outright. Um, they're coming off a huge win. Uh, we remember what happened last time, Minnesota, uh, the game after they played Green Bay. Uh, they lost to the uh, the um, the Bills by what twenty something points. Uh, now they had to. They, now they had. I'll stop. I'll stop bringing that up. I think I do that pretty much every podcast. I'll stop. Uh, they no, had to, we, it's <laughs> such a laughable game. They had they had to do New England to face uh, to face my New England Patriots. Uh, although I'm starting to become more of a Rams fan than a Patriots fan because of the LA Sun, um, but uh, Patriots are absolutely outstanding in December. I, you know, Minnesota in a potentially a little bit of a letdown spot. I don't love that they took extra time off um, after playing in that Sunday night game. Didn't just get right to cracking at practice. Uh, and, uh, I don't love that the Minnesota defense, how it matches up with the Patriots. I think the Patriots are going to be able to move the ball and score points on this unit. Uh, Patriots are doing a very physical offensive line, big boy, uh, football approach, which is totally different than the rest of the league is doing and totally different than we're used to seeing the Patriots doing, but I think that's going to be pretty effective at neutralizing the Viking strengths. I'm laying five and a half here with the Patriots at home. I feel like this is a gift line, just kind of like last week was, you know, felt like a gift with the Patriots. I only having to lay nine and a half against the Jets team that was, you know, dead and done. Um, that was a lucky cover in the end. But nonetheless, uh, this does feel like a good spot to back the Patriots again at home in December. Any refute to anything I'm saying, Andy? Nope, I'll probably be there with you. This line is trickling the wrong way. Minnesota off a big win. New England at home. They're They're better. Like it without getting deep into any analytics or numbers, Minnesota's defense, they had a nice game against the the lions, but that's the lions and the, the, you know, the Packers, we talked about the Packers secondary being pretty suspect. I don't, I'm not fully buying into new England's defense, but yeah, new England's going to go punch for your punch for punch here. You got to keep up with them and Minnesota having kicking problems, maybe a little red zone problems. And a few injuries here and there. I'm going to probably take New England, lay the points here. I, I mean, just anything under a touchdown at home, they're clicking. It's late in the season. It's it's money time. Yeah. Uh, Colin, how do you feel about back in the past in December under a touchdown? Uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but you absolutely do. I mean, this, <laughs> it's another one of those auto things. Bill Belichick treats Thanksgiving on like every game, like a playoff game. It's just structured differently. Uh they, uh, they, it's a no bullshit kind of thing. Uh, I think Gronkowski's uh, at least healthier. They're getting healthier. Uh, I think Sony Michelle is, is better than he was when he. I don't know how many days it took in, in camp for him to you know get attuned into the system, but he's getting better. Uh, and when the Pats get a running game going, he's his uh, knee drained. Yeah, yeah, but I mean. I've had my knee drained. Uh, no, I mean I, he, he's much healthier now. But yeah, like, <laughs> no, like yeah. Sonny Michelle, like week one, he's like, oh, we're draining his knee. Like, what did you do in this draft bill? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, just, it, it turned out well. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, but uh, you know they're eight and three, and they can't afford a loss. They, they can't. They need. They need that home field advantage. So I, I expect uh, you know New England to be in a. They're not going to be playing around here with these last set of games. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
Um, and I feel like Minnesota kind of is playing around. I, I I just hate that they I, didn't I don't get right back. They, yeah, right. You don't. You can't really trust Kirk Cousins against a good team. You can't really trust trust Kirk Cousins on the road in terms of covering a spread, uh, especially as a dog. And you, you know, if you're backing Minnesota in this spot, you need them to win because uh, it's this is you know the the Patriots. Um, you know, as we saw against the Jets, they don't let they don't let you in the back door. Um, mm-hmm. I got nothing on San Francisco, Seattle. This is an easy skip again. I don't know what to make of uh, Nick Mullins and his up and down season to this point. I I could entertain a discussion that they're going to be competing here against a divisional foe. Uh, But if you're going to ask me to back Nick Mullins on the road against a team that's fighting tooth and nail for a playoff spot, like that's an easy skip. Um, You got a a, a one sentence handicap for me on this, Andy? Yeah, that's uh, this falls into all those big number games and gross. Like this is, you know, we we saw like what what game was it where we're gonna have that one game bump? Was it the Cody Kessler game or? Yeah, or, it was Cody. Uh, I don't remember. It was Cody Kessler in the Jags. Like, yeah, that that's come and gone. The bloom is off the rose on the for Big Dick Nick Mullins. Yeah, Big Dick Nick Mullins. Big Dick, Big Dick Nick too. He's the new, the new sheriff in town. Uh, I, I like Shanny as a coach. I, I think they could probably. This one might be a good live bet thing. Maybe, maybe uh, San Francisco gets their shit together a little and can script something early and maybe get a score. But I don't know if they'll be in the game. They're they're looking pretty rough. It's time to regroup for next year. And Seattle has to keep rolling if they want to get back. They're they're back in the playoff picture just because that, that six seed is wide open and this is uh you gotta win your home games. So I'm not gonna lay ten, but I certainly ain't gonna put I'm gonna put a lot of faith in the Niners here. I could see Seattle easily getting the fifth seed and taking on Dallas in the or or Philly, I guess. Yeah, probably Dallas, but yeah. Well I could you could definitely see uh, Seattle because I think Seattle, got, Seattle's going to lose to Arizona. They're going to do something yeah, stupid. They'll lose to Arizona San Francisco. They got two games San against San Francisco and one against Arizona down the stretch. They're going to win a lot of these games. They're going to lose one of those, and it's it's going to screw them. They they do that. They're just not. Uh, they're not an elite team right now. They'll okay. probably get in the playoffs, but it okay. might be Let's, with nine wins and. Okay. Ugh. Well, let's 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 move. Uh, uh, sorry, Colin. I'll give you uh, give you a minute to to make a, a case or not here, and then let's talk about the Sunday night football game and send you on your way to do the rest of your media appearances. Yeah, I'm going to do uh, San Francisco here. Uh, they're oh, like I'm a big fan okay. of I'm okay. a big fan of uh, adjusted yards per play. Uh, uh, San Francisco's fourth in the league. Uh, they're positive point seven as to where Seattle is. I think sixth from the bottom at minus point six. So the point spread makes no sense from a statistical yards per play perspective. Uh, at the same time, San Francisco's covered once in the last 10 tries up in Seattle, so it's not a good place. But, I mean, it's an inflated point spread. It should not be this high. Uh, Seattle does have um, Seattle does have the Vikings on deck, so I'm not really sure they're really looking to, like, you know, put the hammer down here. Uh, so I, I like the 10. I dig that. That makes a ton of sense to me. All right, uh, let's get into the nightcap here. Uh, we've moved this one down the rotation because it's Sunday night football, and it's a doozy. Um, this is setting up. This, this as is a doozy. They, they, ha- they set this line to hook a whale, and they did it with perfection. Uh, I've got on board Chargers plus three and a half. Uh, this, to me, feels like every bit of a game that is decided by who has the ball last, 
I don't think either of these defenses is going to match up particularly well against the opponent offenses, and you're going to see a back and forth, relatively high scoring affair. And uh, yeah, if you're going to give me a hook on a team that I think is a little better on a neutral, uh, I think that's gonna that's that's all I needed to to get involved in this one on the Chargers. I know Melvin Gordon is, is out. I love the fact that the Chargers are a West Coast team playing in prime time on the East coast that gives them just the bump that they need to either kind of stay, you know, either close the back door, uh, sneak in the back door or, uh, or slam the door and get the win against the Steelers here in the second half of this game. When the Steelers body clocks are saying it is bedtime and the Chargers are like, we are fired up still. Um, I know it seems crazy to go against the Steelers at home. I know it seems crazy to go against the Steelers in a prime time game, but uh, if you're going to give me the hook, I'm going to take it. Andy, are you coming with me on the Chargers on this one? You feel you've had a dead on read on the Chargers all damn season. Am I am I missing something obvious here? I I mean you didn't everything you said was like making a case for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, they're good at home. It's I, except for the primetime angle. They don't have Gordon. Granted, maybe they don't need her. Eckler's great. They have great great receivers. I feel like Rivers might have a down game compared to last week. <laughs> you know, it, it's not going to always be that easy for them. This is a this is a tougher game, Pittsburgh. You've made a case for the last like month about Pittsburgh's defense improving. I'm going to take like oh twenty bucks a pop, bet some first touchdown props, maybe find some yardage props on a couple players for small potatoes, and just enjoy this game. I don't have a side here. Hmm. I, I kind of like the over, but I'm I'm staying away. Interesting. The line feels pretty. It feels right on. I like there. It feels like it should be pretty much, you know, a new uh, even game on a neutral. Okay. Uh, is there an angle that presents itself in this game to you, Colin? I'm passing on this game because I took a Chargers forty to one last January, and this to me is going to be the game that I use as a measuring stick about what to do with that future with the Chargers in the playoffs. That is a great angle. <laughs> holding holding forty to one is huge. Uh, yeah, I Andy, you have a little Chargers feature. Twenty five to one ish. We talked about. I, it. I, 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 yeah, we talked I about it one day. Which, yeah, and I put it down, but I, I only it's a small position at twenty five to one. Forty one is a great grab. I also have I have Chargers Chargers Saints Super Bowl matchup. Oh, that's that, right. That's that one right. from preseason. Boy, great, that's a good one. That, that one. would be nice. Um, okay. That's a great, that's a great call. Uh, well, I guess what, uh, if the chargers show you uh fight, if the chargers pull out a win, if the chargers stay inside three and a half, uh, what does that tell you about, uh, this team going forward and, uh, you know, what to expect out of them in the playoffs? Cause th- this could, this literally could be the preview of wild card round game in the four five. Huh? Hey, where are we at? I'm sorry. <laughs> Was that on uh, me? Yeah. So yeah. Call Sorry. Does do, yeah. Does this is this a preview? Well, I, of, I thought uh, you were talking. Yeah. Yeah. And Sorry. Just, yeah. What do, you, I, what, yeah. What do you do with that information? Well. Uh, so I mean, at this point, in the, at this point, you have to look at the rest of the remaining schedule and decide whether you're just going to start buying other AFC teams. Like right now, you can get the Patriots at like I think plus two twenty to win the AFC, and ultimately, I think that's something I might want to hit before this game starts because I don't. Pittsburgh seems to get lackadaisical. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Tomlin. I'm not the fan of the way he coaches. Uh, Big Ben has looked pretty bad the last couple weeks uh, with how he's throwing the ball. I'm I'm not a big fan of the Steelers. Um, So, you know, if the Chargers can prove to me that they can actually go on the road, you know, across the East 
uh, and they can win this game, then maybe I, I wait a while before I, I lay into the Patriots. But uh, to me, it's it, I don't believe in Kansas City either. I, I don't, I, you know, their defense is going to catch up with them at some point. Uh, I think the Chargers play much better defense. Uh, I'm not worried about any. I'm not worried about uh, the Patriots playing uh, uh, the Chiefs. They've already beat them. I'm not worried about uh, you know the Chargers. Okay. Um, last last quick question for you then, but real yeah. quick. It, let's hypothetically, I will give you the option to have three uh, tickets in your pocket of AFC teams at their best prices since they opened. Which three teams are you taking tickets on? Uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers. I'm going to go uh, with uh, the Patriots. I want to oh. know the third team. <laughs> That's really why I asked the question. The monster Colts number has to be. <laughs> that was what I was wondering. I don't Colts trust them either. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I almost want to say Baltimore. I, I almost want to say if I don't know. I this is. Uh, I guess I would have to go Steelers. I mean, they are they are the best in yards per play. They're the best in, in yards per play, adjusted yards per play. I, I don't I don't trust it. I don't like it. Uh, but they, I guess they would be my number three because I got to trust the math. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And they and they have a defense. And if we if we end right. up in the playoffs looking around at each other, like why did we think defense doesn't matter? Uh, the 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 uh, the Steelers probably have you know a top three defense in the AFC. So uh, I get you, I get you there. Okay, cool stuff. Let's wrap this playoff, up. You know, playoff games are playoff games are a small sample size. They sure As are. The Steelers last year. <laughs> That's a great point. All right, let's wrap this up. Great job, guys. That was super fun. I loved having you on. I wanted to get a dive into the state of sports betting media and all that stuff, but you know what? That's better saved for an off-season pod because we could go on for two hours on that topic. So we'll we'll get you back on in the off-season for sure. Uh, you know, once you're a week where you're not on the slopes enjoying the uh, the beautiful uh, uh, skiing out in in Western United States, or uh, when there's no football to be had. Uh, there's no college football homework to be done. We'll bring you back and dive into some other fun topics. Uh, thank you so much for all your time tonight. That was a spectacular podcast. Yes. I had a ton of fun and uh, best of luck this week. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. I had a really good time and I can't wait. I'll come back on. Can't wait to talk. I'll talk college football, even in February. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you, and I guess last, last thing you never named, you never named the Bama preseason price for next year that we're going to hold you to. I would buy anything at plus 120, but it's not going to be 120. It's going to be 180, minus 180. I would doubt to see anything less than minus 150. Wow. My goodness. Oh. My goodness. All right. Well, best of luck to the rest of the best of luck to the field. <laughs> my yeah, no kidding. All right. Great stuff. Good all luck right. this week. Good job. I appreciate all your content. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll awesome. talk to you. Yeah, thanks for the time, man. Yep. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Peace.